I want to take a break from the podcast right now and I want to give you a gift. I don't want to do that to thank you for being a listener. I put my heart and soul into this podcast. I love interviewing today's experts, researchers, MDs, psychologists, sleep trainers, you name it. I just, I hope you feel inspired to take care of yourselves and your families. And I just want to thank you for, for being a listener and hanging out with me. So the code podcast10 is going to give you a one-time $10 off code at kellylevesque.com, your next order of protein powder. You can either use that on my grass-fed beef isolate protein or on my new vegan chocho bean protein. Now, here's what I love about my protein powders. It's three ingredients or less. So we don't use fillers, emulsifiers, no fortified vitamins or minerals. It's easy to digest and naturally made without any enzymes or chemicals like hexane. So it's three ingredients. With my grass-fed beef isolate, that's 100% grass-fed beef, and it's made in the way that you would make bone broth. So just heat and water. And we dehydrate it, that end product to get that collagen-rich protein powder that your whole family can drink. It can be added to coffees, to smoothies, and you can get it in vanilla, chocolate, and unflavored. I wanna point out that my vanilla and chocolate is made with organic vanilla bean, organic cacao, and the only sweetener used is organic monk fruit. We don't use any maltodextrin. Our monk fruit is 100% ground monk fruit, and it's organic. And with my vegan line, I'm so excited to have launched this and to have it out into the world. It's a regenerative bean from South America called the chocho bean. And the chocho bean is the most superior plant-based protein powder you can get your hands on because not only is it a complete protein, but the process is made with heat and water only. They're crushed and soaked, and what that end product results in is an anti-nutrient-free protein powder. So you're not gonna have any lectins, phytates, or oxalates in your protein powder. Makes it super easy to digest, and it's really, really delicious and robust in cooking as well. So I love it if I want a thicker smoothie or a smoothie bowl, and I also love it in my baked goods, from my cookies to my muffins, pancakes and breads. It's the perfect protein addition. So if you wanna give either of these proteins a try or you've already been purchasing these proteins and wanna take advantage of this special deal, the code PODCAST10 is gonna get you $10 off for being a listener here at the Be Well by Kelly podcast. So head to kellylevesque.com or bewellbykelly.com Put the protein you'd like to purchase in your cart and use the code PODCAST10 for $10 off. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. Dr. Anna Maria Temple is a pediatrician, award-winning speaker at Harvard Club of Boston, and a frequent guest on TV news and talk shows. In her 20-year career, she has treated over 36,000 patients. She is the author of The Rule of Five, A Parent's Guide to Raising Healthy Kids in an Unhealthy World, which was released in the fall of 2020. After confronting her children's eczema, Dr. Anna Maria began exploring a root cause approach to health and overhauled the nutrition in her home. Now she practices an integrative approach and owns her own practice, Integrative Health Carolinas in Charlotte, North Carolina, where she helps hundreds of families achieve wellness with less medication. Dr. Anna Maria, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you as a guest on the podcast because you not only wrote an amazing book called The Rule of Five that I recommend to my clients who are moms, but you've also been on the eczema journey that I've been on with your children. So I'd love to start there. You're a doctor practicing traditional medicine, and then all of a sudden you're confronted with your children's eczema. 
How did your personal story change your path? And what were you going through at the time? Um, thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to talk about this. I'm as passionate as you are about helping parents just change the story of their children's lives and to help them navigate this confusing world with less medication. But yeah, so I'm a traditionally trained doctor. And when I was in practice in 2004, at that time I was in practice for five years and I had three children and my daughter, six of the time, she had eczema, asthma, recurring croup and uh, Croup infections, constipation, seasonal allergies. Every time she had a cold, it would turn into an ear infection with eczema flare up. Every time that she got croup, it would turn an asthma attack with an eczema flare. My little one, who was only two at that time, was covered in hives and rashes from uh, pollen. And he couldn't even go out for an Easter egg hunt because he would be on the ground writhing in pain with his eyes swollen shut and like tears streaming down his cheeks. He was on five allergy medications at that time. And then my middle one, he had the kind of snot, like the kind of boogers that these days you would never be allowed to go to school, get on a plane or like leave your house, you know, and there was just not enough tissues in Costco to keep that situation under control. And interestingly, he was also had ADHD and, you know, I got sick and tired of them being sick all the time. I mean, my travel bag had so many over-the-counter medications. It was ludicrous. And I took them to the doctor and, um, you know, I asked them like, what are we going to do about this? And they're like, oh, well, for the, you know, for the princess, I mean, she takes daily inhaled steroids, her asthma will be fine, daily topical steroids, her eczema will be fine, and she'll take allergy medicines which which will keep her asthma and her eczema under control. She'll eventually outgrow ear infections and croup, and she's going to be fine. And then for the little one, and I quote, we're run out of medications. The only next step is allergy shots. She was two years old. And for my four-year-old, they were like, okay, well, his snot's disgusting. He clearly has recurrent sinus infection. So we're going to have to put him on antibiotics. And then we'll have to treat his ADHD. But we don't even know where to go with that right now. I stopped listening at that point because all I could hear is like more medications and more medications. No one was telling me, but why? I just wanted to know why they're so sick. And it was about a week later when I was like the mama warrior took over, like the doctor self didn't know what to do. I had no idea what to do. And then the mama warrior was like, this could not be the answer for my children, chronic daily medications for the rest of their lives. And um, there was a nutritionist that was talking to my children's school. And I went in with a different mindset and the fog lifted. And I saw clearly exactly what was the root cause of my children's issues. All she talked about was sugar. And I went home that evening after work, to the heart of the children and the husband, I went into the pantry and threw out the Lucky Charms, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Pop Tarts, Chicken Nuggets, Mac and Cheese. I mean, maybe garbage food. We had it. You're welcome, folks. I did it all from the beginning. So <laughs> we started the journey from fast food, processed food, all the sugar you can eat. And, you know, and, and then that unfortunately started my era of isolation. My husband and I fought for five years over food. My friends thought I lost my mind. My family pretty much scratched me off their will. I mean, they were like, what are you doing? And my medical partners were equally baffled. What is happening? What are you doing? What is the medical research? And at that time, Google wasn't what it is today. So there wasn't the research that was happening. And I didn't know what the right answer was, but I knew in my heart of hearts, medical and mom world that 
having my children eat more fruits and vegetables and less garbage food could not be the wrong answer. And over the next, you know, 11 years, my children came off. I mean, it took about five years because I didn't know, but it took five years and they stopped needing antibiotics, needing steroids, needing chronic daily medications. And in 2016, my husband and I would quit our jobs. We moved to New Zealand, no doctors, no health insurance, no medications. And my children thrived. They climbed the highest mountains and bungee jumped off the tallest bridges and didn't even need a Tylenol in a foreign country with foreign germs and foreign everything. And I knew at that time, I was like, oh my gosh, this totally works. And then I practice medicine differently in New Zealand. And when I came back to the States in 2018, I was not going to do the same old. And so I opened my new practice and I started treating patients with food and lifestyle changes and made huge differences. Unfortunately, in 2019, my son, my middle son, the one with a lot of snot and ADHD developed eczema, pretty severe eczema on the bottom half of his face, his neck and upper chest and bleeding, like the kind of scratching at nighttime, he wakes up in the morning and you see the crusty, bleeding, oozy situation that horrifies everyone. That's what he had. And I was like, oh, what is happening? And so we went in, I went into full doctor mode on that Mm -hmm. one because this time I knew exactly what to do compared to previous episodes where I was lost. And I put together, I put him on the exact same plan that all my patients are on. We got his eczema under control within seven days. But that's because I knew what I was doing. And we, and I was like, we're going full core press. We're not at this, like we're weaning off things. We are full core press. And, you know, he got better. He did amazing. He had a slight relapse um, January of this year because of college admissions and the stress that he internalized with a touch of pollen. And we had, he's had all his foods back and everything, but we had a, you know, a slight setback. We knew what to do, went back to the drawing board, boom, he's, we're back to thriving within a week. And the whole point that I'm trying to say is the body's continuously changing. No one's perfect. No one has all the answers. What we do have is what humanity, and we just have to learn something. You know, I didn't know that my C-section with my first child was going to lead her to have ear infections and croup infections and the antibiotics that she got at birth and with her ear infections was going to lead to her eczema and the eczema was going to move to asthma and the asthma to seasonal allergies and constipation that everything was interrelated. And then I didn't realize, you know, that my son that had chronic antibiotics for sinus infections was going to end up with eczema at the age of 15. Because you think you're out of the woods. We're never out of the woods and our bodies continuously changing. So we have to be vigilant without being ridiculous, but we have to be vigilant about our children and our bodies on a daily basis. Oh, I love your passion because it comes from a personal story. And I feel that deep inside my soul, because we talked before the podcast started that Sebastian, like your middle child had bleeding, crusty skin all over his face where he would sleep on his sheets and pull up and you would see the cotton coming off of his like organic Burt's Bees sheets right onto his face, like a, like a gray little mustache and beard. And you just, it breaks a mother's heart, especially when it's like, this is the root. This is what I do. This is what I do. I need to be able to make change and fix this. And we were able to get it under control. But I want to ask you, because you've been now working with so many patients, how, what is the, what is the root cause of eczema and what is your approach to impacting your children and patients' outcomes through food? Like how, 
how can moms who are listening, who have children with eczema start to clean up their diet and, and then impact their skin in seven days? Yeah. You know, the number one, uh, I think misconception is that eczema is a skin condition, you know, because when you go to your, your doctor and I, and I'm not, this is what I knew too. This is what I knew 10 years ago. When you go to the doctor and you have eczema, they're going to send you to the dermatologist where you're going to get a steroid cream. And then you go to the allergist to see if you have any food allergies. And no one says, hey, 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 back it up. What are you eating every day? What is your gut health? Because eczema is just a mirror of what the gut is looking like. And eczema comes from the inside. As by the way, does asthma, seasonal allergies, ADHD, anxiety, all the other things, they're all rooted in the gut. Fun fact, Chinese medicine 5,000 years ago said, if the gut is not in check, the rest of you will suffer. And in us in modern Western medicine, we're like, so silly, so silly. Until the National Institute of Health was like, oh, wait, by the way, we've identified 3.3 trillion bacteria that live in your gut and regulate your hormones, your insulin, your cholesterol, your uh, serotonin, which is your feel-good hormone, your dopamine, which is your focus hormone. Oh, our ba- oh and your immune system are bad. Actually, there's so many genes, like three pounds of an adult's weight is actually bacteria in our gut weight which is crazy. So now we're like, okay, back it up, back it up. So it it all goes down to the gut. And you know, that's why I wrote the book because I discussed that you don't have to make a thousand changes at one time, right? You and I do this and we're comfortable. I'm comfortable with elimination diet. You're com- we know how to replace because a lot of people are like, take away food, but no, you got to replace. You got to replenish the body. We know how to do this because of the years of medical education we've had. And you know, but we need to start slow. And I'll say the first step for a mom with a child who has eczema, processed foods. We, how do we do that? Because we're overwhelmed by it is we're going to start flip the pack, forget the front of the package. We're going to look at the back and we're going to look at the ingredients. If you can't read it, don't eat it. If it's more than five ingredients, we're going to put it back. That's why my book is called the rule of five. That's actually how it came about because my husband's like, what I know from you is that when I go to the store, I flip the package over and if it's more than five ingredients, I put it back because rarely does a processed food with good ingredients have more than five. It's usually more than five. You're in the preservatives, the food coloring, the sugar and all the other stuff. So that's just a simple step that you can start like right now. Go into the pantry, flip over your packages, see how many of them are only five ingredients. I open it. You know, the next thing, next level up is going to be sugar. You know, that's one of the big things that we did in Instagram on in what month is it April? Last month in March, we went after sugar and we were digging into the pantry of all the different things. And you know, this is what I do. And I found sugar in my late July corn chips. I was so upset. I was so upset. I can't even tell you what I said in that pantry. I have this herbal tea that I love that was for calming nerves, sugar in it. Why? You know, there's all these things that even when you think you know, be careful because you often don't know and it's hiding. So really reading the ingredients with the different eyeballs and looking out for sugar, which is lurking in more than just cookies. And then, you know, we, of course, we talk about dairy and we talk about gluten and other kind of food uh, eliminations, but we can't go to those until we do the basics. And probably a lot of your folks are listening already know about processed foods and know about sugar. Dairy is next. And again, but you can't remove dairy without replacing it with really good nutritious food. Same thing for gluten as well. 
And then, you know, working with somebody that really helps you rebuild the gut. It's not, it's not, you take a multivitamin and you rebuild it. Oh, and that's my other favorite. You cannot out supplement a bad diet. So I have a lot of folks like I've tried probiotic and I tried vitamin D because I heard you talk about it. I was like, did you change the diet? Because so in our clinic, when you work with me and even in my course, we don't get to the supplement. You cannot get to the supplements until you've done the dietary modifications. And, you know, a lot of people are like, when are the supplements? What are the supplements? Like you can't get to the supplements until we've changed the diet. So that's where I would really start. Awesome. So if someone's going to be doing an elimination diet and they've, they've pulled out the processed foods and they pulled out the sugar, and I'm assuming, and I don't want to assume, but I'm assuming that you're doing that to prevent dysbiosis, to really stop feeding yeast and candida and those types of um, microbes and things of that nature and really focus on gut health, right? Decreasing inflammation, balancing blood sugar, things of that nature. And then you're dropping into dairy. What other foods are common food allergies that you find or that you eliminate on an elimination diet? If someone has done those, you know, pulled everything out of their pantry, removed the sugar, they heard that dairy was an issue. They pulled dairy out of the diet and their child is still covered in rashes. What's our next line of defense? Uh, it's going to be gluten. And again, a lot of people are like, you say gluten, gluten. Dairy and gluten in itself are not bad. The problem is we're overdosed in it. And you know, whenever you may go not true, I want you to think of this. Go think of going to your Thanksgiving dinner and telling them that you're gluten-free or dairy-free. Tell me what you're going to eat. Nothing. Not, you can't eat the turkey, which is, again, ludicrous. So we are bathing gluten and dairy, and that's really the problem. And if you think of a child's diet generally, you, I, I say breakfast. I want everybody to like think, what? imagine breakfast right now. Are you imagining pancakes, waffles, toast, cereal, oatmeal, hopefully some eggs? <laughs> what do all those things have in common? Beige white foods. I want you to think snack. Imagine what snack is. I'll give you two seconds. Okay, snack. <laughs> snack is going to be crackers, chips, granola bars, right? We're go- what are the, all those things have in common? Gray, be- I mean, beige foods that are all gluten. So everything we just named right now is gluten. So it's everywhere. And that's why it's so hard to eliminate because if I told somebody, you are, you are now intolerant to Brussels sprouts. People are like, sweet, yeah. done. You're right. <laughs> No one is intolerant to Brussels sprouts, FYI. So many of my patients are intolerant to dairy and gluten because they have it all the time and the body does not like the same food over and over and over again, especially if you're dealing with leaky gut. Then we move to eggs and then we move to nuts. This is where we have to be very careful and we really got to work with somebody because this is when you can really nutritionally deprive the children or the adults because it becomes really scary if you don't know what you're doing. Once you know what you're doing, once you get a groove on, it ain't no big thing, kids. I promise you, I've done this in my own house. We've done, I've done the full elimination diet, all top eight allergens, including alcohol, coffee, sugar, because when you are certified in functional medicine, that is your homework. And you had to do this homework for six months. So I've done it. I've done the whole thing and I've done it again with my child who had the eczema exacerbation. And it is doable, but it's, it's, it's challenging and it is okay to ask for help. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I would say in my practice, working with young children, when they pull out the processed foods, when they pull out even those highly glutinous, blood sugar dysregulating, just like the stuff that you crave, the processed carbs, right? When you pull that stuff out, I don't care how whole grain it is, quote unquote, 
And then they get to the eggs and they're like, okay, like I'm making a blood sugar balancing smoothie with nut butters and chia. And then I'm making eggs. And when you start to pull out what you're saying, like the eggs, and then you start to pull out the nuts and then they go, where am I getting my nutrition? So many kids rely on eggs as a source of B vitamins and choline and protein and nut butters and things like that. What would you say if, if you were thinking of day in the life for a mom who was going to feed their child breakfast, lunch, snack, dinner, what would the day look like if they were kind of living that elimination diet lifestyle? Where would they find the most nutrient dense options? Oh, such a good question. I'll tell you the one thing that is mind blowing. Here we go. You can have dinner for breakfast. Because if we were to go to Japan, when I went with my children and my kids were like, why do we have dinner for breakfast? I was like, hey, kids, guess what? Um, Food doesn't know what time it should be served. Food is food. We have in our heads based on our culture, because in Japan, it's not a problem. But on our American culture, we're like, no, we only can have eggs and smoothies and oh no for breakfast. You know, and I tell somebody like vegetable soup. They're like, have you lost your mind? You know, and I'm like, no. We just need to train the taste. It's a mindset thing. So in my household, right? So right now I have a kid on a full elimination diet, not full, a partial elimination diet. In the morning, we have smoothies and we have smoothies that are made with the appropriate milks, appropriate fat substitutes, protein substitutes. We do tons of fruits and vegetables. Um, I do in my house, I do plant points. So everything, we count how many different plants because variety is key. So our smoothie, even in elimination is 13 plant points. So before he goes to school, he has a two gigantic smoothies. He's 17 years old, two giant smoothies. And then in his lunch today, I made the grilled chicken we made last night that my husband did the seasoning packet from scratch. And actually my 17 year old girls. And then we had bonza pasta that is not rice. That is all chickpeas. So then we're not going to have any gluten in it or any of the other ones. And we had a side salad with lots of plant points in there. And actually that's what his lunch is today was last night's dinners, today's uh, leftovers. And then for dinner tonight, we're probably going to do fish tacos. So now we're getting fish and how we're going to do the tacos. We use cassava flour because we can't use the almond flour that we usually use at this time. And then I do a cowboy salad that is like 12 plant points. And I do have a picky eater because that sounds amazing. Everyone's like, uh-huh, but what about the picky eaters? Oh, I got one of them too. <laughs> Guys, I got you covered. I mean, we could, I, <laughs> in my house, they try all of these things. Anyway, so I have a picky eater that sometimes eats air at dinner. He like literally sit, he's 14 years old and he eats air and <laughs> I don't care. I don't really care. Sorry, kid. Like I've made dinner. And anyway, so and for picky eater, we I take the cowboy salad and his he wants it deconstructed because he doesn't want the corn to touch the beans, which he doesn't like to touch the red peppers. To la 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 la. Anyway, so I he has four vegetables that are separated. He does guacamole, so he can put in about seven plant points, even though he's a picky one, because I do accommodate the splitting of the stuff. But that's what Jake's meal looks like in the day in the life. And, you know, when I make waffles for him, I do use a flax egg uh, until we're going to bring the eggs back. And, you know, instead of the salsa, because he loves salsa right now, we're on uh, low tomatoes. Cause anyway, I think that was also because he was consuming half a jar of Costco size salsa every day for a month. So I think that also was a problem. And anyway, so now we move to guacamole and we alternate hummus and we alternate other things that he can dip in that are not going to be average salsa. 
I love it. That sounds like a delicious day. And I love that you just mentioned dinner for breakfast because that's what I had to do with Sebastian there. When you're talking about nutrient density, it's going to be coming like your vitamins, your minerals, like your protein, it's coming from animal protein. And that is the most satiating thing that these children can eat. And so that they're not wanting to snack all day long. That is, I love, I love dinner for breakfast. And I love that you said your food doesn't know when it should be served. That is the funniest thing I've heard all day. And, and really so true because we really find ourselves in a box going, well, if it isn't eggs or oatmeal or smoothie, like what can we eat? And it really, it can be super simple. And just like you're saying, making the dinner the night before and having that for lunch, like really can, if you're spending the time making a homemade dinner for your family, can you double it up? Can you put it in a lunchbox? Can you, you know, pick at it from your fridge at lunchtime? Like this is how we eat clean foods all the time. It's to make simple things and have them around. I love that. So let's kind of get back to the um, disease states and diagnoses that you mentioned outside of eczema, ADHD, asthma. What are, when you're treating the whole child, especially your own children, and you're starting in the pantry and you're starting in the kitchen, what other lifestyle factors are you considering for your kids? And what are things that mom should be keeping an eye out for when it comes to um, lifestyle? Because you mentioned your son was applying to colleges and that stress really was a trigger. What other lifestyle practices should moms really be focusing in on when it comes to their child's health? Oh, such a good question. And I, I do want to let kind of, I'm sure, and as I said, I think most of your audience probably knows this, but I do want to reiterate that when we're talking about ADHD, when we're talking about asthma, we're talking about eczema, these are all diagnoses that are very are helpful because it gives a name to something. And then unfortunately, on the Western side, it sends you to a specialist, the dermatologist, the pulmonologist, the psychologist, the neurologist, a lot of is. Mm-hmm. And no one, not no one, but in the traditional model, there's not a strong push for looking at the whole child, like you said, and holistic. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, you're a holistic doctor. That means you don't use medicines. I'm like, no, that's actually not what that means. That means that you look at the whole person. So the, what all those diagnoses have in common is fire inside the child. And when it's inflammation. And when the fire is going out of control in some kids, because of their family history, it shows up as ADHD. In some children shows up as eczema and some people shows up as asthma. As we have seen when we, you know, in the current state, when you get a viral infection like COVID, for example, COVID for me might be exacerbating my eczema. In you, it might be exacerbating your asthma. In someone else, it may exacerbate their ADHD. I see this in clinic all the time. My patients, of course, have had COVID and it always goes back to the level, their level of inflammatory trigger. So if their trigger is eczema, that's what flares up when they get COVID or ADHD. That's what we're dealing with. So it, all of them have in common is the internal fire. And the internal fire comes not just from your nutrition, comes from stress comes from electronic use, comes from lack of outdoor, I call it natural deficiency disorder. It comes from the chemicals in our environment. It comes from the water that we're drinking because it's not one thing. We all want to point to one thing. What is the one thing that caused my child's, you know, exit? What's the one thing? 
there's not one thing. It's a whole slew of things that are coming together. And then you get the straw that broke the camel's back, right? So all these things were coming together, coming together. And then pollen came and boom, you have a massive eczema flare that you've never seen before because it was, that's it. There was just no more room in the inflammation bucket. And then it, it all went over. Stress, going back to stress, stress is the most underrecognized toxin in the American culture. You know, when my kids were little, we were scheduled for all the sports, after school language lessons, because you need language and the like the um, educational system cut out language. But we also did drama because you got to be well-rounded. They had piano lessons. We ran to an activity all the time. I had a nanny because I was working uh, all the time and she, her job was to chauffeur. She was basically my children's Uber driver to all the different activities. And then we scaled back because in a fun and interesting turn of events, my husband and I were getting burned out. Odd. And so we started scaling back and I was like, oh my God, we're so chilled. We're just doing so much better. Right. And then we moved to New Zealand where we realized we were completely nuts, like just completely out of our rockers. The Kiwis looked at us like, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> they are just, what is happening? You know, you go to school there, you have an activity and then you do family time and the kids play outside. Even in the school, the kids play outside. You eat your lunch outside. They told me, they're like, oh my gosh, Mrs. Temple, we heard in America, in schools, you guys have um, these things called cafeterias. I was like, yes, they're deep, dark dungeons that have no windows and serve you orange, gooey stuff they call cheese and processed foods that make children sick. It's amazing. They're all like, wait, what? <laughs> Is in New Zealand, you bring your lunch to school and you eat it outside in, you know, if it's raining underneath a covered porch and if it's nice, you eat it outside in the playground. Anyway, but the whole point was that their culture taught me that we are out of our minds. Even when we walked down the street, we were the fastest walkers in Wellington, New Zealand. Everyone else's pace was like a third of our pace. I was like, everyone's like, where are you guys going? Like, we're like, <laughs> we're, we're strolling. This is a strolling. And anyway, so it took us to move to another country and another culture to realize just how stressed out of our minds we are. Then, of course, came back to the States and then I started a business and then I went on TV all over the country. So the crazy came back real quick. And then we had a pandemic and that shut that down. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm going down the back, same back things. But anyway, so our American stress level is ridiculous. And the social isolation that has happened now has taken this to the millionth degree. We have a pandemic of anxiety, depression, and stress that we have never seen before. And no one's talking about it except you and I and a couple other people on Instagram. But it really feels like no one's talking about it. This is massive. The amount of th this, the effect that this is happening on the children is I have never seen anything like that. And then what we did on top of the stress, because now the parents have to Zoom work, do Zoom school. So now they're educators. They have to do political science because of all the unrest that's going on. They now have to be nutritionists. Oh, chefs, because you can, now you can't even eat anywhere else, right? You also have to be the entertainer because your friends, your children can't have any friends. So now you have to be the entertainment. It is too many things. And then you've lost trust in the Western medicine. So now I've got to be the MD. Like there's too many degrees you got to get as a parent these days. You know, our, our job should be to love and hug our babies and read them books at night and cook them a good meal. Right. We have so many jobs that we're stressed out of our mind and our stress is infectious to our children because they, they just draw off us. 
fun, interesting study was done with a mom and a baby and the mom is holding the baby in front of her above her. And she's smiling and talking sweetly to the baby. And she's just grateful for the baby and thinking about the baby and just wishing the baby just wonderful thoughts and healing wishes. And, and the mom's heart rate synced with the baby's brain waves. And they, you can see a tra- the tracing in heart math. You can see a totally congruent tracing from both the, the two humans. They repeated the experiment and they told the mom, hold the baby, look at the baby, smile at the baby, cool with the baby in your mind. You think about work, think about homeschool, think about Zoom school, think about your, your shopping list, think about all the things that you have to do, your email list. And all of a sudden, the baby's heart, the brain waves and mom's heart waves were completely disjointed. There was, there was no overlap. They were not even in the same. It looked like they were not even in the same room. So oftentimes we hang out with our babies and our children. And I call my 20 year old a baby, by the way. So I have my, you know, I hang out with my babies and I have to have a day. It's called no tech Tuesday. When, when I walk in the house, the phone goes down, the laptops close and I focus on my children because otherwise like last night with an eczema masterclass, all that dinner I could think about was the masterclass. What am I doing next? What? And I wasn't present. I knew I wasn't present and they knew I wasn't present, but that will make them more stressed. So we have to be so intentional on looking at our children and being present with our children. Because just because you play Candyland doesn't mean you're really playing Candyland and they can feel it. And you don't have to say a word. They'll pick up on your stress and then their eczema flares or their AD, their behavior goes off kilter. I mean, I have so many examples. And yes, I've been to counseling with my children and learned so many things about things that I was doing wrong that I didn't know. It's not a shameful thing. It's just you, sometimes you just don't know and you mean the best and you try the best, but you just don't know. Wow. I love the science behind that. I mean, it definitely, I'm sure is making all the moms listening because it's making me feel this way is like, yeah, I've been playing Candyland and been thinking about the blog post I needed to do or the client I was going to call with next. And it's just, that's, I love science because it empowers me to change my behavior. Um, it's been something that's done that my entire career and even in my youth before I went into nutrition, but that is just, that's just really powerful. It's, it's boundaries that we need to really set. And if we're overwhelmed with work, it's, it's trying to find a way to pull back when we can, or have a no tech Tuesday or whatever, whatever it is that you have in your control to find the time, not find the time, but make the time in a, and remember that, that you really want your heart rate to sync with your child's brain waves, And you have the ability to do that. Like that is powerful. I love that. So can we talk about some of the challenges? Because obviously we all want to pull out the processed foods and the sugar and make dinners every night. Um, and we have all these jobs as you uh, so eloquently put, what are some challenges that you faced as a mom and as a physician, as a pediatrician, when it comes to making re- recommendations for parents? Because the world is starting to open back up. People are hanging out again. There are kids parties with birthday cakes and pizzas and things like that. How do you handle that personally? And how do you handle, handle the conversation with your children? You know, as busy people, that's why my motto, and doesn't matter how chronically ill the child, we always start with one thing. And it's not the one thing that works for me is not going to be the one thing that works for your family. So I try to figure out, okay, what is, what can you do? I give a list of things. What can you do? And then the family picks what they can do. And then you do that one thing for a week, two weeks, or however long it takes you. There's no shame in taking it slow. There's nothing wrong with that. All great goals start with one simple step. And then after you do that, they feel empowered by it. And I'm very, we got it. And it's got to be a tiny step. It can't be like, I'm changing the diet. 
And it can't be like, I'm getting rid of sugar. I'm like, we are changing sugar at breakfast. You know, so you got to go tiny and small. Otherwise it's overwhelming and you're too busy. If I said, okay, well, you just have to, when I first started my journey, I said, okay, well, I just need a different cheese it alternative. And then I went to the store and found the cheese it alternative with good ingredients and then just did that. And it took me a month. That's okay. That is okay. But taking it in small steps, you cannot do a thousand things and you're not a bad person and stop comparing yourself to the person on Instagram because that's all they show you. And one of my things, I'm always showing like the, the ugly behind the scenes of what's going on in my house because it is not all rainbow and unicorns, but you look at other people and they're like, oh my God, I'm so amazing. No, you're not. You're crying at night. We know you are. So give yourself a break, but you know, I'm going to go even one step further mindset. If you decide that your children's health is important, nothing will stop you. If you think all of this is baloney, you're not going to do any of it. I don't care how awesome the podcast is, how awesome my book is, how cute we are. Like it doesn't matter. If you once as you as a person are like, this is important to me and my child will no longer have asthma, you will move mountains. And you're going to figure out a way, right? Like you and I, we start a business. Everybody's like, how'd you start a business? I'm like, I had a cup of coffee with a friend. They're like what? You have a cup of coffee and then you have the next cup of coffee and the next person tells you another tip and then you do another tip and you're like, boop, boop, boop. And you, you create a business. And the same thing with our health, but it starts with the mindset. If we don't have the mindset that we're going to end electronics, that we're going to spend time with our children, you're never going to have the time. You're always going to be too busy. There's always that birthday party. There's always the naysayer. There's always the shameful people. And now my new favorite word, I'm always going to be canceled. You know, so it's, if you have the mindset, none of that matters and you'll figure out a way. And then you're going to figure out that tiny little step that's going to make you feel successful, which will empower you to make the next little step. And when it comes to our children, you know, we came from a culture where it was like, like in the past, it was like, because I said so, and because I'm the parent. And then now we're in a culture like, what do you want to eat? What do you want to have for dinner? What would you like? You know, I'm like, whoa, hold up people. Hold up. A three-year-old should not have a say in what's for dinner. They can choose between chicken pot pie and fish tacos, but you don't give them a choice. Like, oh, they always want a pizza. Oh, always want to have pizza. I always want to have pizza too. So, you know, kind of reining it back and understanding our role as a parent, we are not supposed to be our children's friends. We're supposed to love them, adore them. And they're the, but sometimes it ain't pretty. Sometimes they need to do chores and they're not going to like it. And sometimes they're going to eat broccoli when they don't want to, or they eat nothing because they refuse the dinner. Tough noogies. It's time to stomp feeling like bad people. I think the maternal guilt, which another thing we don't talk about, the maternal guilt is enormous. And with every child, it gets bigger and stronger (laughs) and more gripping around the neck, right? So true. (laughs) And until we let go of a little bit, you can never let go of the whole thing. Until you let go a little bit and you're like, nah, 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 nah. We can't move to our next step because that is always preventing. So that's why there's not even a point to really talk about do X, Y, Z. Where's your mindset? Are you ready to do this? And then let's do it. Yeah. Well, let's say someone's ready to do it and they want to do your plant points. What does that look like? How can they start counting and gamifying the diversity in their diet? 
Yeah, you know what? All kids. Well, I've, I have, I live in a household of shocking of overachievers who are really competitive. It, it's tough to imagine those. But anyway, we, the, all kids respond to this. In my clinic, the kids, I have three-year-olds that respond to this. They're like, ooh, how many plant points do you have? Let's count the points in on your plate. And they're like, ooh, strawberry one, you know, blueberries two. So each variety of plants can, counts as one point. And then you make a game at your house, depending how old your kids are. It's like, okay, well, if you get five points, we play outside for an hour. You know, if you get 10 points, you get to pick the park we're going to. If you get, so make it a fun thing. For some kids, you can go for every plan point, you get one minute of one-on-one time with a parent. The number one love language of children is quality time. They don't want all the garbage we buy. I promise you it's quality time. So if you say for every plan point you eat today, tonight, we have that many minutes to read your book. We have that many minutes to play Candyland or whatever you want to do. All of a sudden it became interesting for the older teenagers. You know, they can get other privileges. You know, yes, you can use screen time that we just talked about screen time. You could do screen time if you want to, but I'll tell you, even my teenagers quality time will out surpass screen time because we make it a point that this is our game. Now you pick the game or even if we do a movie, which is better. Yes, I know it's screen, but then you do family and we cackle. We're watching the show called Ted Lasso. Oh my gosh. We are cackling and carrying on and we're laughing and engaging throughout the whole show rather than just like we're all watching YouTube and not speaking. So anyway, but plan points is so easy. And don't, if your kids are not eating any points, don't start with 30 as the challenge. Start with five. If your children are eating 10, go to 30. You can do two plan points a meal or you can do 10 plan points a meal. You can move it however you want to and you can use the reward system. I prefer that you don't buy them toys and you don't give them money for it because that's not a money thing. I'm a big quality time person because I think we all have plenty of money even though you're struggling to make the rent. You still have plenty of money. We do not have enough quality time. I completely agree. I mean, our our time is our most valuable resource. And it is, it's the thing that makes every human feel whole is to be seen and to be heard and to allow someone the space to emote whatever it is that they need to do. And these children need the space to, to do that and to be seen with eye contact and love and all of that. I love that. I want to clarify so people can get going on this. We're not just talking about fruits and vegetables. We're talking about nuts and seeds and beans, correct? Correct. And herbs. Yeah. If you put cilantro on your cowboy salad, if you put parsley on sandwich, if you do sprouts, you know, those are, you're correct. Those are all amazing plant points. If you use oats, if you use lentils, if you use beans, if we're using whole grain rice, if we're doing, you know, volcanic rice or black rice, those are all in the plant point. They just have to be grown from the ground. And it's not in a whole wheat cracker. That is not a plant point. <laughs> you actually have to eat like the quinoa. Got it. I love it. Well, you've given our listeners so many great tools. I think the rule of five, your book, which is you know a bestseller and something I definitely recommend the audience go check out. Um, never buy a product that has more than five ingredients. That's pretty simple. If your husband can do it and put the box back, anyone can, right? Anyone can, anyone and, can. And incorporating plant points giving our children the quality time they deserve and, and really having that mindset of, are you going to change your child's life? Are you going to be their parent and not their best friend? 
even though, you know, eventually grow into being friends, but it doesn't have to happen in their formative years when their microbiome is in flux and when they, they need you to protect them. They don't, they don't have the brain power. You know, we love, we love, they're so, especially when they're really tall and they're really the smart ones that are speaking in full sentences and they say these amazing things. Don't be fooled they're, They don't have a frontal cortex that is firing yet. Cause that doesn't fire until they're late. Actually, it doesn't really fully mature until 25, if we're going to be honest about it. And so they do need us to help them guide with their electronics, with their food, with their stress. They are looking for, even when they push back, they still need us. And we need to have the courage to be the parents that we said we're going to be. Because remember when, remember before you had kids, let's be honest, were we not amazing parents before we had kids? I was the best (laughs) pay. I had some really good advice and I had some really strong rules until I had kids and they try to break me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's constantly recommitting to those rules that you have and, or just being really open and direct about the conversation. Like, of course you want the sugary popsicle. Of course you want the candy. Like I do too, but boundary, here's what we're doing instead. I love it. It's such good stuff. Thank you so much for being here, Dr. Anna Maria. Where can people follow along and what can they learn? This was such a great episode. I seriously can just be kind of continue on for it. I can have a sequel. (laughs) But um, would love to see you guys. My book is on on Amazon. It's The Rule of Five, A Parent's Guide to Raising Healthy Kids in This Unhealthy World, where you're just going to take tiny little steps and apply them every day. And you do not have to commit to a million stuff. It makes your life so much easier. I'm on Instagram, tons of free educational advice. I do call it nerd Instagram because it's well, it's quite nerdy. Um, lots of facts to help you raise, uh, to empower and educate you to raise healthy kids. And it's at D-R-A-N-A Maria Temple. And certainly on my website, which is drananamaria.com, where we have courses that, um, we have our eczema course that relaunched um, yesterday. We have hundreds of patients that have, and families that have seen so many great results where traditional medicine had failed them. And we would love to be able to join with you and your family and help you. So come on over to, and also YouTube. Now I'm trying to take over YouTube because <laughs> YouTube is, <laughs> as my teenagers told me so. So anyway, but they're all based on my name, everything you can find me just using my name. And I'm so honored to be here and talk to you about this really important topic. It was wonderful. And I'll make sure that all of those um, links are in the show notes and um, a couple of your challenges like plant points and the rule of five. Those are easy and we can be, we can start implementing them today. Love it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to Be Well by Kelly. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at bewellbykelly.com and follow me on Instagram at bewellbykelly. I would love if you picked up my books, Body Love and Body Love Every Day. They're sold on Amazon and at all major booksellers. 